Hey, thanks for joining us here on the House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. We are so glad you are here. Come on, let me, let me look at you. You're looking good. New year, new you. Come on. Anybody feeling that? Uh, come on. Like two people are like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about. Well, listen, we want you to, to experience the Lord. Ultimately, here, here's the thing, is that when you get more of God, your life changes. We can make it very complicated, but it's actually like very simple. And, and I think that that's the beauty of when Jesus taught, he confounded the wise because he made it simple. You know, and a lot of times we try to make it complicated. All this week as a church, we have been seeking the Lord. We, we've been in a fast, we've been praying, we've been using our soap guide. And um, I, I just want to let you know that uh, we have an app, and if you want to know about our soap guide, that's our Bible reading plan, and we're just together, we're just reading the Bible, and it's one chapter a day, so if you want to read the Bible with the community, we are doing that. You can stop by the connection table after you leave and get the information on that. But I, I need to tell you, anybody watch the news? Stop it. You know you do. Yeah. It, Anybody watch the news? Anybody like, you, you watch the news, you read it on your, your phone, you, you, you're in the news. It's amazing how like most of it's negative. It's like, it's like 95% of the news is negative and then they change the music for 30 seconds and give you a bright spotlight. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Oh, and right before we're about to leave, there's one good thing happening in the world. <laughs> and you're like, ah. It's like, we tore you down, and we're going to let you leave you with just a little hope. I want you to know today that that is not the kingdom. Yo, that, that is not the kingdom. The good news is still the good news. Listen, his words are still true. His standards are still high. Come on. His love is still unfathomable. It's still good. It's still good. Look at someone and say, it's still good. Come on. Come on. It's still good. It's still good. Even in 2024, when everything is subjective, it's still good. Here's Psalms chapter 34, verse 8. It says this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? You just got to love God. And he's like, man, if you taste me, you, you, it's going to be good. You have anybody in your, in your house that's confident when they cook, like they are unashamed? You, is it, it's going to be good. What are we serving? It don't matter. Your brain going to be happy. Your taste buds are going to be happy. You know what I'm saying? Your mouth is going to wake up. It don't matter what we cook. Here's the thing in Psalms 119 verse 9 through 11 it says how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word and with my whole heart 
I seek you. The Bible says that encourages us many different times to seek the Lord. In other words, we can seek after other things. We can seek after and have other motives. But if we will turn our attention toward heaven and begin to look toward Jesus, come on, the Bible says the author and finisher of our faith, if we will seek him, then here's the thing. Transformation, the Bible tells us, begins to happen in our life. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments, for I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So in this verse, if we leave it up there for just a second, there are a couple things that stick out to me. First of all, it is your job to navigate your purity. It's your job How can a young man keep his way pure? Well, you've got to guard what God put in you, and you've got to store it up. That's what the Bible, you've got to store it up. In other words, I don't eat one time, I eat and I store and I store and I store. Come on, think about all of the stuff that you have in a storeroom. You're collecting. You, You don't have an experience with God You have a continual relationship with God and you keep storing the good things in because there will be a moment of temptation that happens in your life and what you put in will come out. You squeeze an orange and you get what? You squeeze a a woman or man of God of faith, you should get faith, not flesh. There is this idea that you should guard it. And we have got to be a church that begins to grow in our ability (coughs) to guard what God gave us. I meet people regularly who grew up in church and and then God deposited something into our, something prophetic, an assignment, something. And then along the way, this verse is the very thing they experienced. They wondered. There was something deposited. I, my son, my youngest son, uh, plays basketball. And there have been moments when he and I were talking about um, exchanging the cat for the lion. You know what I'm saying? Come on, we're my competitive people. And so I would have him stand before me, and I would say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you a little bit. Let's see what happens. And I would push him, and he would go. And I was like, okay, now get strong. And he was like, okay. And I push him just a little bit and he go. I was like, no, no, get strong. Get deep. Get your base. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to box out. And all of a sudden, I would begin to push him just lightly and he, w- he wouldn't go anywhere. And you could see it. I'm just going to walk around like this. And I was like, that's what men do. And so... Here's the deal. In that moment, he didn't get stronger. He got focused. Come on, that that will change your life right there. Some of you are waiting for God to make you strong, and God's like, I've given you everything that you need. If you get me, there's some strength that should come in you, and I can't promise you there won't be attacks. I can't promise you there won't be adversity. I can't promise you there won't be storms. But I can tell you, if you will get in a posture where you're going to box some things out in your life. You're going to guard what God gave you. You're not going to give it up so freely. Come on. I, I, I just 
want to talk a little bit. See, we're in a series called Hunger for More. And I, I, I just really do believe that church is great. But if church isn't built on Jesus, it's a gathering. If church isn't built on Jesus, it's a meeting. If church isn't built on Jesus, then it's a club. And for all of us, I really believe that when we come into the revelation that God is what we need, then we begin to have this strength where we guard it and store it, and, and, and the Bible calls that blessed. See, this reveals we don't want to skip the Lord. Don't skip it. Don't skip. Don't skip. And, and there's a potential for all of us to wander off and reject, listen, what is good. It's sobering to know that, that the choices we make affect the posture of our heart. This, this is true. The way we stay pure is we, stake it, we, we, we take in the truth, we guard it, we store it, and then all of a sudden, we stand. And here's my assignment today. My assignment for you is it's still good. It's still good. It hadn't changed. It's still good. The pursuit of the presence of the Lord is the core desire for the believer. A core desire for the believer is not that I've had enough, but that I want more. And so when we continually disregard time with the Lord, it is an indication that our heart is preoccupied. I get it. We all get busy. We have responsibilities and relationship and routines that constantly demand our attention. Not to mention... Our culture projects this idea that you're either first or last. So in our attempt to manage everything, we can come under this fear that we will not keep it all together. And in that moment, choices are made. And sadly, what gets skipped is God. And we forget to savor it and, and we skip it. And I just... I, I want to zoom into this thought because every time there is relational distance with kids and their parents, spouses, friends, something is happening. There is never a relational distance that happens that isn't indicating that something else is going on. There, it may be a conflict. It may be a miscommunication. We all understand that in the absence of communication, people make stuff up. And so we assume that we know what's happening a lot of times in the other person. And so we get quiet. We go to the other room. We ignore. We put up walls. Come on, we get passive. We, we, we tend to, to whatever makes you happy. And here's the problem, is when our physical relationships are hurting, there's an indication. When our spiritual relationship is hurting with God, it is because we are choosing to believe something other than he's good. And so in some way, we feel like he has overcommitted and underdelivered. In some way, he didn't protect you the way you thought. In some way, he didn't see you. In some way, he didn't answer that prayer. And then here is the biggest misconception, is the enemy will lie to you and tell you, you don't have what you need. And God is like, 
I have never changed. Genesis chapter 7 verse 1 says this, Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, and you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Noah was saved because he didn't skip what God said. He savored what God said. Come on, hear me. There are real consequences when we wander off. I didn't come to shame anybody today. But if we've ever watched little children, we understand as adults what they do not understand as children. They go into a store, and because the environment that they grew up in is mostly safe, and we have put away all the sharp things, and we've tried to manage the relationships in their life, they walk into new scenarios and see something shiny or exciting or some music or whatever, and they want, they run. I want to go down this aisle. I want to do this. We may be in a festival and they see cotton candy and fun and Ferris wheels, but they don't understand what we understand. They don't understand that danger, the person next to them could be a very terrible person. They don't understand. All the kids in, right now checked in to our, to our kids ministry, they're not understanding child trafficking at the level that we understand. And I'm not talking about having them be aware. I'm talking about they don't understand. Kids aren't getting on the internet to find out who their next door neighbor is. Kids don't have that. And so here's the, here's the deal. They naively go through life and they base every circumstance that they're entering off of the safety that they've experienced. So here's the thing. Some of us have grown up in church and we thought that we could do whatever we want and it wouldn't affect us because we were under the covering and the anointing of God or our parents. And then we got out under that and we realized, oh snap. Oh snap. Those bills don't just go away. Those kids don't just get raised. Come on, so I came to talk to some real people today. I know you may have come and wanted to play church today, but can we just at least come in and have a real conversation today? God is saying that you are, if you have come into a relationship with me, then you are my son and daughter, and I am a father. Come on, God says I am your father, and I want to protect you and care for you, and you are my little ones. Jesus would be like, he cared for the little ones, and he was talking to grown men, and the reality is he wants to protect Wandering off affects our lives. It affects other people around us. It moves us into a place of confusion. It demonstrates that our interest is better than God's. Oh, church, what condition would our life be in if we did not skip what God said, but we savored it? We made room for it. We created an appetite for it. So today I want to give you three benefits to savoring what God is serving. Come on, one more time. Look to someone to your left or right and say, it's still good. Here's the first. Three benefits to savoring what God is serving. Here's the first one. The taste of what he's serving never changes. It never changes. 
Are there any cooks in the house today? Come on, people that you, get, you throw it down in the kitchen and you, you have game. Come on, listen, in the kitchen. And here's what I want to tell you on behalf of everyone else. If you're a cook and you create stuff that your family likes to eat, I have a message for you. Don't change it. Don't, don't change it. We don't want our new recipe. I don't want to try new biscuits. I like the old biscuits. Come on, somebody. If it ain't broke, don't stop it. Get off Pinterest in Jesus' name. We don't want another way to do chicken. We don't want to do another way to do pasta. We don't want to do, stop it. Just because you learn something new, it doesn't mean it's always good. A couple of weeks ago, it was my daughter's birthday. My daughter only likes three things. She likes cheese, salmon, and uh, cheesy bread from Domino's. That's it. That's all she likes. So I'm just saying, like, that, that's it. That's it. That's all she likes. She'd be like, nah. That's all she likes. And so she asked her mom, hey, for my birthday, I'm now 17 years old. Will you fix your wonderful, delicious salmon for my birthday? So it was a family party. We all get there. We're excited. Me and my daughter, we're like, it's going it's 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 to be good. We take our plate, we sit down, we take our first bite, and instantly we look at each other. We have a huge problem. Like, like when I tell you a problem, it was a huge problem. The salmon that we were eating tastes completely different. It, it's not that he was even close. The whole recipe had changed. And I need to talk to you cooks in the room. Just allow me for a second to be a voice for the people. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Let me, let me just be a voice. This salmon that had grown up this culture of connection, it went from salty to sweet. It went from dinner to dessert. It didn't even taste the same way. It had changed. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but here's what you need to know. God's word does not change. It is the same yesterday, today, and come on, say it, forever. The taste doesn't change because of trends. God is not subjective to, subjected to TikTok, <laughs> to Fox News, to CNN, to be real, that's not real. I'm just saying like, like God is not like, oh man, this is what y'all think? Okay, cool, let, let me back up. What does it mean to taste and see? It means that we have applied the word of God to our lives and because it has planted and there is seed, time, and harvest, we now have experienced the goodness of God in our life over, listen, Time. Time. When you come to Jesus, instantly your past is gone. But new concepts and revelations grow over time. And so you can't come to three church services and then begin to battle the enemy to the level of the victory that could be in you. It's got to grow. God has never stopped 
being good. His word is good. His nature is good. Listen, his word, come on, listen, still works. You can trust him. And this is an important conversation to have because our world acts as if God cannot be trusted. With so many ideologies that we have to navigate, it can be confusing to interpret what is right. Regularly, we witness negative attacks about the church, Christians, evangelicals, pastors, and we have to ask the question, is this to shame us into leaving the table as if the meal is no longer good? Do the wrongs of those who have called themselves Christians in some way reflect the goodness of God? We hear about churchgoers who grew up in church and now they're deconstructing their faith. And when you zoom in, we want to act like this is some new phenomenon. But the Bible is telling us this is not new. People wander. It's a whole lot easier to blame everybody else for the choice that you made. And I am not saying that people in authority are not held to a higher standard. That's what the Bible says. Many people look at the ministry as if we get to minister and it's like a table of sweets. No, no, no. There are two tables and you need to understand when you step into ministry, when you step into leadership, when you step into helping people, if that's on your job, a parent, a father, a mother, you you don't get to eat at the snack table. You get weight. There's a table here and there's a bunch of weight and you get to carry it. And the reason people think it's sweet is because we've learned how to carry the weight. But we're not eating at snack tables. Come on. People wander off. And I am not saying that that we, we could all stop and have a moment and there would be a real sad experience of someone who hurt you. But I... I am not giving that person a pass, but I am placing the responsibility of your next step on you. Come on, does that make sense? And for some people, that's very uncomfortable because looking at someone else and saying, you're the reason I'm here is actually comfortable. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. And so the Lord said, I will blot out man who I have created in the face of the land, man and the animals and the creeping things and the birds of the heaven, for I am sorry that I've made them, but Noah found favor, listen, in the eyes of the Lord. If you were to take this text and you were to Google it, you would find hundreds and hundreds of comments from atheists or people who grew up in church, and they would say, see, God is not good. And, 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 and what's sad is, in every conversation, you have to have context. It, we, we know this. You, you don't judge a book by its cover. You have to begin to know both sides. But yet we're so quick as a culture to jump onto a side without any investigation. 
God created everything. You have to go back to Genesis. In our soap guide, we just read Genesis 4, 5, and 6. You have to go back to the way God authored it, and he created everything good. And there was a blessing under his covering that everything would multiply. And so God gave man work, and work was good. God gave man woman, and they were to come together. And come on, somebody, that was good. And then, and then and listen, and then God was going to create, listen, uh, a community. And you, if, if Adam and Eve had never sinned, think about what would have happened. Because when you read in Genesis 3, you read that the enemy came to deceive. And what did he come to do? He said, did God really say? In other words, you don't have all you need. That's been the thing, and that's the one thing over and over again. You don't have what you need. And so, he said there's things, the enemy said there's things that God's not telling you. And the truth of the matter is, God is outside of time, so he knew the development that would happen in Adam and Eve. If they had never sinned, Adam and Eve would have created a family. That family would have created a community. The community would have created a nation. The nation would have created the world. And all of a sudden, they would have been ruler over the free world. And they would have learned more. Why? Because they would have had more experience. That's how God does it. God starts with a seed and he grows it. And God will, that, that's how God will do it in your life. This is why you can't come to church for three, week, three weeks and think that, well, it didn't work. No, 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 no. God grows it. And so where can you be in 30 years? Come on, does this make sense? Okay. So Adam and Eve sinned. They had Abel and Cain. And Cain had violence in him, and he did not want to do what God wanted him to do. Abel wanted to do exactly what God wanted to do. So Abel gave a right sacrifice. Cain, having something between him and God, began to do what he wanted to do. He was rejected, and he killed his brother. Then God put, you know, a punishment on Cain. And now there are two people. Adam and Eve have another child, and it's Seth. So you have the people of Seth, and you have the people of Cain. Everybody following me? And so if you go and read Genesis 4, you will find out that Cain began to have sons, Elimelech. You begin to see that there was violence and rage and anger. And all of a sudden, the people of Cain did not want God, and they begin to be violent and evil. And Seth, their, their, their people, began to fall in love with the ladies of Cain. So, girl, how you doing? Ah, bow, chicky, bow, bow. And so they began to skip what God said, and they long, longer savored it, and they got connected, and then all of a sudden, now God is looking at the world, and every motive is evil. And he is not thinking. See, if you believe that man is basically good, then you are already starting at a wrong worldview. If you take two babies and put them in one crib, they ain't sharing. Oh, you Oh, you They not sharing? They're not having share contest? Who taught you how to lie? You didn't go to lie class. You just like all of a sudden, hey, did you do that? No. Did you text that? No. Dang it. So so here's the thing. God sees the wickedness and how it's going to create more slavery and bondage and rape. And, and God is like, 
We need mercy. Because it's getting worse. The story of Noah is about God's mercy. And at a time when Noah could have wandered off, he didn't. He savored it. He didn't skip it. Come on, listen. Listen. When, when he saw hard hearts and evil thoughts, violence became the way of the world. And all I'm just telling you is that, is that the culture began to move from blessing to force. And God was like, no, 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 no. You're, you're missing my heart. Proverbs chapter 21, 21 says, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life righteousness and honor don't skip it savor it noah found favor noah didn't skip god's laws or his ways he savored him the bible tells us that come on god does not change here's what i need you to lean in the recipe to a thriving life is still the same the taste of his goodness is better than the bitterness of this world taste and see taste and see. Maybe you've only got religion. Maybe you only got a pastor personality. Maybe you, I don't know, but you need to come meet Jesus and you need to taste and see. And I wish there were some saints in this room that all of a sudden what I'm saying is bearing witness and you're like, that is the answer. Come on, somebody. Here's the second thing. What he, offer, what he is offering will absolutely fill you up. What he is offering will fill you up. God is enough. There is no lack in God. There is a misconception that says if you taste religion, you are tasting the goodness of God. And I'll always be a proponent of the church. Jesus is coming back for the church. But I am telling you, we never want to be a church that is doing church but not submitting to Jesus. The real transformation requires a feeling. And I remember struggling in, in my own life with my own personal identity, intelligence, and significance. I battled empty moments when the craving in me was I, I wanted to be wanted and valued and loved. And that craving caused me to seek sin. Come on, listen. The attention of, of people that I, I didn't even need to be in a relationship with. Comfort. And so the truth of the matter is, this is the thing that the church has got to learn. Because, listen, we don't teach truth to beat up the people who don't like it. I'm going to say that again. We don't teach the truth to believers so that they can go beat up the people who aren't following the truth. You, the church requires love that covers a multitude of sin, truth that sets you free, and the anointing that breaks the yokes off your life. Bondage, cycles, sin, shame. Does that make sense? Okay. So, here, here, here's something we we've got to dive into, is there is a reason how, why we can all connect. People, people at night, they're not sleeping. Insomniacs, because they're empty. People are drinking their life away, because they're what? Someone, come on, come on, they're what? 
empty. People try to work their life away and stay busy because they're what? People do a drug or get hooked on medication. Sure, it may be start out for pain or whatever, but then they begin to realize I can't live without this because they're... We get into premature relationships and make bad relationship decisions because we're... Come on. We overspend every time we get a paycheck because we're... I just want to feel happy. And so we haven't translated the fact that uh, uh, I will go through a week of sadness to have five hours where I can spend what I want to spend and be happy. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And so when you think about it like that, like if everybody has battled emptiness, the church should be the thing that everybody wants to come to. Because I'm not, like, you're not judging me because I felt emptiness, and I'm not judging you because I felt emptiness. I am telling you that you can leave full, and you don't have to leave empty. You don't have to experience that every night when you're in bed. Come on. A wandering away from what God says brings emptiness. The church is only effective if it's built on Jesus. Today, you could say goodbye to your empty feelings and leave full. Faith grows because you receive what God has for you. And the Bible tells us that an encounter with the presence of God, listen, will fill you. That means you don't have to lie and manipulate and achieve in order to feel full. We pray that every time, listen, you come on this property, that you feel the anointing. That when you walk in, even when you park your car, because we want you to know, listen, listen, that you have been prayed for and and you're fasting, and we've been fasting and seeking the Lord on your behalf so that there would be a moment, listen, where you would reject emptiness, open your Bible, shift your thinking, take steps of faith, and start a prayer relationship with God. Transformation, listen, isn't about being entertained. It's about being full full of the power of God, full of the perspective that he has, full of his purpose. The Bible says that his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. I want to know what he's thinking. He don't want to know what... And that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about my thoughts, but he's not submitted to my thoughts. Come on. Full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. Hope surges when you move from a hearer to a doer of the gospel. You can leave full. Like today, like some of you, if that's the only thing that you take away from our conversation today is that you don't have to leave empty, scrolling your life away, trying to find validation when God is like, I have a plan for you. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Noah found something. Noah found something in the Lord that was better than violence, manipulation, greed, self-interest. I'm not suggesting that Noah's experience was easy, and I'm not saying that he didn't at times question his purpose. All I'm saying is that Noah was full. Full enough to think God was enough. 
Noah had tasted and seen enough to raise his family differently in a culture. Enough to surrender to God's leading. Enough to stay obedient in a disobedient world. Here's the third thing. Are you with me? We good? Come on, we cooking? I love you. Here's the third one. Blessings come as a direct result of tasting. Taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed. What does it say? Come on, look at our verse, 34, verse 8. It says this, Psalms 34, verse 8. It says, blessed is the man who takes refuge, listen, in him. We all know that there are hard days. Days you want to give up. Days you want to quit. Days you're like, I'm done. You might say here, even here today, Pastor, I don't feel blessed right now. I'm hurting. I'm empty. Can I help you? It's dangerous to reduce the term blessing to lucky moments and abundant finances. Don't fall for the lie that reaching a certain status is an indication of blessing. When you savor it, blessings begin to flow. Listen, protection begin to flow on your life. You're no longer empty. You're not stranded. You're not forced to live without help. You're not fatherless. You're no longer a victim. You can begin to, to hear the Lord say to you, you are a victor in me. Come on. That means when you feel the mess, you start to remind yourself, I'm blessed. The greatest lie of the enemy is that you don't have what you need. You don't have what you need. You're abandoned. You're alone. Nobody understands you. Hear me. You have a refuge. You have a refuge, and, it, and, and, it, and it's bigger than who's in the White House. It's bigger than the infrastructure change in your business. It's bigger than your current contract. Blessed is the man who understands his safety isn't in money or networks or intelligence. Listen, take refuge in him. Re refuge from what? Storms. Storms are coming up on you. Storms that you can't control, that you did not predict, that you did nothing. There was no uh, 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 lack of irresponsibility. You just found yourself up in a storm. Attacks. Some people come for you. And maybe you said something or did something or acted in a way and you already feel remorse about that. But they haven't let it go. Now you shop on the other side of town just so you don't run into them. Come on. You gave up Facebook because you just can't handle them come on is this real past you're laying there at night and you're thinking about the woulda shoulda couldas should I have done that should I have not have done that should I have engaged in that relationship should I not should I have said yes should I have said no 
And I just need you to know right now, I just need you to breathe. Come on, just don't hustle and bustle right now. Just look at me. Just look at me. You are safe in Him. You are safe in Him. You are not alone. Just because problems feel close doesn't mean that God is not working. Like He's working. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And so that is why we stand. That's why we kneel. That's why we worship. And I'm not judging the person who has a hard heart because I know that you may just be coming to the table for the first time. But here's the deal. I'm not judging you. But don't judge me. Don't act like because you see someone kneel or praise or cry or have a moment or come to the altar that you're like, oh, well, look at the churchy people. No, 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 no. You don't understand. There's some people in this place that has been redeemed, that has experienced victory, that's got some purpose it's still good it's still good we want people to, that grow up into this church to be like Psalms 122 verse 1 I was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of the Lord in other words I ran to other things I ran to the club I ran to to the joint I ran I ran to the drink I ran to the sex I ran to all the things but ain't nothing filled me like God nothing filled me like him That means you can praise. Listen, even when you're hurting. Because you're not empty. You have a protector. You're not abandoned. And you're not alone. Here is what God has done for you. He's given you Jesus for salvation. So that means all the stuff that you've done in your life can be, listen, lean in, forgiven. You don't know how I acted. That's where I kicked the cat. I kicked it hard too. Peter might not forgive you, <laughs> but God will. Pastor, I had a good marriage and I had an affair. the Bible for understanding. He's given us prayer for connection with Him. He's given us the church, listen, for training and discipleship and equipping. He's given us the Holy Spirit so that we are never alone. What I'm telling you is you got more than you think you do and I need you to see that there's some blessings in you. Come on, there's some things in you that God is doing is still good. You don't have to be empty any longer. If you've wandered off, maybe there's some things that God put in you as a young man and as a young woman, and you went to college, and or you, you started a career, and you started connecting, listen, with some, some people, and, and they began to not value the Word and the truth of God. And you wondered, and here's what I'm telling you. I don't mind identifying that today. But there is so much more ahead of you than there is behind you. I am not saying 
that those moments are not significant. And I am not saying that we all have things that we have to walk through because of choices that we made. I'm not saying that God's, um, God's forgiveness removes some of our, the responsibility. I'm not saying that. But I am saying to you today that the taste is good. You will see the results. There's a refuge in, a, in from storm. And you get to decide. Listen, the choice is yours. Ain't nobody trying to twist your arm. Jesus ain't a, ain't a salesman. We, we ain't working on commission here. You make the choice. But I am telling you that little by little, little by little, your whole life can transform. If you will understand that it's better here than it is here. So they're going to sing this song. And, and I want you to have like 30 seconds of, of reflection. And if you're empty or you're wandering, you're empty or you're wandering, you're empty or you're wandering, then I want you to know that you can be full and that God, in the way that He does, He calls to us like when Peter ran away from the Lord and rejected him three different times and he said I'm going back fishing Jesus came to the shore after his resurrection and he said yo have you caught any fish and Petey Pete's like that's Jesus and he jumps in fully clothed into the ocean comes back to Jesus and Jesus never addressed how he acted he only said here's where I'm going are you going with me are you going with me? Porn can't go with us. Addiction can't go with us. Strife in the home can't go with us. Anger can't go with us. Come on. We're going somewhere. Be full. Don't wander. So let them sing this and just kind of be where you're at. And then we're going to stand and I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to worship for just a couple minutes and we're going to get out of here. But I believe that God, the Holy Spirit is about to start moving in your life. Come on, will you begin to sing? Come on, come on, come you on. Have been so good to me. God, I can't believe how you love me. What a friend you have been. So to call you. He's continued to stir in you. And I am telling you there may be three or four of you family members and people that are going through some like really hard stuff. And sometimes it's hard to reconcile pain and God and His goodness. But I am telling you that He is good. He is good. And so if you have wandered, if you felt empty, on the count of three, I want you to right where you're at to raise your hand. Come on, one, two, three. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Who else? Come on. Come on. Come on. Who else? Come on. 
Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that you are moving in the hearts of people. Father, I, I, right now I ask for every lie and every distraction, Father, to be canceled in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that your love is moving and feeling, correcting, Lord, I, I, encouraging, nurturing, Father, every believer here. Father, for those that have wandered off, they know that there's something in them. And they know it because there's conviction and there's moments and they return and they return. Father, I pray that this year would be a year of sealing, discipline, con con contentment. Come on, I believe for somebody in here. You have been trying to find everything that you need quickly. And God is like, I build it. I build it. You don't get to skip seasons. When Katie and I had our first child, he didn't come out at 18. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you want to skip steps and God purifies us and builds our character little by little and so here's what we're asking we're asking that this not be your only service give us a year give us a year give us a year and I promise you in a year you're going to see the great things you're going to see flesh you're going to see people you're going to see but, but here's the thing God's goodness is going to overshadow that in a year because you're going to come into proximity with Him. And I promise you, you'll meet me by the glass door going, you don't even know where we were last year. We were headed toward divorce. I was addicted. I was battling my identity. And God has been so good. God has been so good. Come on, y'all stand up. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.